0: The Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at Network.com.
1: From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Now, your host, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Eventually, I'm going to rework that show open because because it's been one of those years. Uh, Jason Allen King is here across the table. <laughs> hey everybody! From me. Hey Jason, what's shaking? Uh, Will and Sammy not here this morning. Um, we may or may not see Sammy later. I feel like uh, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on not. <laughs> right, <laughs> but uh, uh, sh- so Will's Will's on the road making money. Uh, Sammy um, Joe is. on dare know, I don't know what Sammy Yeah, I don't know what Sammy Joe's doing, but uh, Jason is here. Yeah, I, I I made it. I got up. <laughs> you did make I it. I woke up today. I pre- yeah. Thanks things are good starting day. good. It's a good day, right? You got starting out of bed. Well? Your feet hit the floor. Everything's good. <laughs> uh, I need to rework that open though. I think I'm going to make different versions of the open. Yeah. So that, like, one just says, here's your host, Will Jacobs. And one just says, here's your host, Samuel Joe Francis. And one just says, here's your host, uh, Jason Allen King. Yeah. And then one that has every combination. So i don't have, have to make like 50 versions of the open, <laughs> I, I think. I don't know Do math, it. but. You <laughs> got the time. <laughs> Nothing but time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to just. Continually remake production elements <laughs> for the show. That guy's got a good voice for it. He does. That is. that is Kelton Bivens. Kelton Bivens. He's a uh, voiceover actor out of uh, Detroit. Good name. Super talented Kelton. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure is. So uh, Jason's here. We want to talk a little bit about uh, stuff that's happening uh, in the world and yeah, uh, stuff there's... that's happening in our worlds. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, career paths as well because I think that um, I think that's kind of interesting. Both of us are 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 I have been in a position before where I've I've walked away from a perfectly good gig to do something that I wanted to do, and uh, might be at that crossroads again. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? And uh, Jason is certainly taking a turn, maybe that he didn't expect. So so I Correct. want to talk about this as well. But first, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, and, and I know everybody's doing this, but uh, um, Aretha Franklin's passing. Mm. You, you know, it's not. It's not every day, or you know, every week that somebody so culturally significant um, passes away. Muhammad Ali may have been the last one.
1: Yeah, right. But for, for 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 my whole life, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, her significance was before I was around, and, and yeah, she was a uh, what a what a spirit and a talent that uh, the world's a little quieter now that she's not here. It's very yeah, sad. and I'm,
0: it it's um funny, not haha, but but. When older people pass away, everyone is. I'm so shocked that you know so and so passed away at the age of 94. Like really? Yeah. Are you? <laughs> yeah. That's. Not... Are you shocked? Right. Um, she was what 74.
1: Yeah, 74, S- 76,
0: somewhere in so, there. So yeah. So not. I mean, the older I get, the less old that feels. I, I at this point I, at this point
1: I do feel like that is the little gone too soon. Yeah, I think especially yeah. with you know with her and I don't know the circumstances. Uh, pancreatic cancer was that? Oh, yeah, boy, that's, yeah. that's that's not that's a bad one.
0: Yeah, so she had uh, I guess uh, struggled with uh, diabetes her whole life. She was she was she was a larger woman mm-hmm. in her later years, and uh, y- you know uh, I'm sure that didn't help. But yeah, pancreatic cancer this time around. So I guess had uh, fought it for. Her um, a couple of years, but eventually pancreatic cancer—not the kind of thing you're gonna. Yeah, you're you gonna don't be, shake that one. Yeah, it's so. Usually. But it's it, it, it's um, uh, when you, uh, having grown up in the um, in the Detroit area, there are certain people who who are just iconic, yeah as far as whether it's musically or whether it's athletically or whether it's whatever. Um, every major city has has these figures, but Aretha Franklin certainly in the Detroit area, one of those people who. Yeah. Who just um, you know? For me, when you think of Detroit, you think of Aretha Franklin, you think of Stevie Wonder, you Absolutely. think of Motown, you think of Tommy Hearns, you think of Bob Seger. Although mm-hmm. although he he lived in Ann Arbor, not Detroit, but he gets associated with Detroit a lot. Sure, yeah. Uh, Iggy Pop, you know, um, certain figures that are just are just giants um, culturally. And so, while I I, I I I don't regularly listen to Motown or um, regularly listen to soul music. I'm probably not the target demo, but she. I think it's she still. Kinda, a, yeah,
1: she transcended that
0: too. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously
1: there's videos that are rolling through Facebook and everything else now of her performances, and it was a, it was a, an award show of some kind where she filled in for Pavarotti. Yeah, literally yeah. last minute, and it was it would give you chills, but yeah. it brought a tear to your eyes. So she, I think she even. You know, she came from that world in Detroit, and and literally like took over the world. I I held her up there to the people like, you know, Prince, Michael Jackson, yeah. like just the Stevie Wonder, the biggest hitters that there were. I mean, she's, you know, she's right in there, if if not even better than some of those names. So yeah, this was a this was a big loss. This was a really big loss.
0: Yeah. So we'll get um we'll get in and out of uh, every segment tonight with Aretha's music and. And just um, it's one of I mean, it's one of those losses that you just you know no matter who you are I think I think you know you definitely feel the world's a a yeah. little darker place when Absolutely. you wake up yeah. in the morning everybody, everybody knew who that she was yeah. that's great so uh, um, great great funny stuff to start yeah. with <laughs> I'm nice I'm done <laughs> hey we're not just... the one the one direction I gave Jason going into the show was whatever we talk about let's just make sure it's funny It'd make it funny like, oh <laughs> yeah hey Aretha Franklin died of pancreatic cancer uh, okay. That'll uh, work. So, hey, um, I want to talk to you about the uh, Queen City Comedy Experience. Very excited well. about the
1: Queen City Comedy Experience. It's
0: coming up at the end of September, the 27th, 28th, 29th, and now the 30th, as they mm-hmm. book Rob Schneider uh, so on great. the on the 30th as well. So, all kinds of great shows coming up. Uh, you can find out more about it at uh, queencitycomedy.com or at the Blumenthal uh, website, blumenthalarts.org um you can find out more information there about who's going to be there but um it opens up with brian regan which, which is crazy crazy that's uh, that, that's
1: bonkers that that brian regan's going to be there opening this thing that's, yeah and and and,
0: and and uh um, tickets not necessarily for brian's show but tickets for the experience itself are are pretty reasonable and 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 yeah. and <laughs> available uh, the, the VIP passes, I understand, are all sold out. I guess there was one flat oh, right? rate okay. where you could buy, you know, a thing and get into all the shows. So apparently, those uh, the VIP passes are mm-hmm. all sold out, but there's still plenty of tickets available. Um, all kinds of shows. I forget the number of shows or the number of comics who are involved in it, but it's it's massive. I know
1: it's 30 plus uh, I- improv groups, improv yeah. and sketch groups, over 30. Yeah. And I want to say there's 100 comics in it it's or something like that. Yeah. And it, it, uh, I, I, it took me a minute to get used to the name, the Queen City Comedy Experience, and the more that I've uh, it's unfolded on seeing what it is. I think yeah. that's the right name for it. I mean you're yeah. gonna get every every kind of experience with comedy that that you can from huge i mean Brian Regan is on the mount rushmore yeah. uh, of comedians I mean, of he, working he's comics today, up yeah. there you know, and uh you're gonna have that to guys who I know have been doing it for two years and who are making a name for themselves, you know gonna be going and doing time to yeah. improv groups who. Uh, I did, I went to one of the shows the other night at mm-hmm. the, uh, at that show and it was amazing. Yeah. These guys were amazing. And I'm not as familiar with improv yep. and you saw it was, they, it just kind of blew me away. It's going to be a great weekend, man. I it's so much it.
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, you know, four days packed from, from front to back with yeah. just great improv and sketch and up and, and God only knows what else. And, and, uh, the headliners, uh, we mentioned Brian Regan, uh, Jay Farrell. Um, Janine Garofalo. I'm very excited to see Janine Garofalo. That'll be fun. Randy Rainbow. Um, is there? He's. Which I started watching some of his videos. Yeah, pretty great, right? That dude is great. Yeah, it's I very it, funny. I'm always like, you know, with the YouTube guys, I'm always like, eh, and like, you know, can they carry a full? You and then know. you see his work, and you're like, all right, yeah. I get it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. he he uh, he sort of squashed any sort of uh, head scratching I had, uh, yeah. you know, when I first heard about him. Uh, he does a he does a lot of satire. The stuff that I saw was satire. He does an interview with, Mel- with Melania, yeah. and it's one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. On. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty great.
0: great. Yeah, um, the, and then and then um, we mentioned Rob Schneider on the um, on the last day, but um, I know J- uh, uh, Jason, you're involved in a bunch yeah. of shows.
1: Yep, I am excited about. It. Yeah, they, I'm opening with the, that Thursday okay. happy hour, which I think is the first show of the festival. It's like five o'clock, something like mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah, the, the, that sounds right. I know. Uh, I want to say now are the foxes or improv Charlotte is kind of opening the whole thing. But then, yeah, 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 that, yeah. that's yeah. one of the first. Yeah, for
1: the, yeah, the stand up that I know, of, that's yeah. the first thing. So I'm excited. I, th- I think J D. Colwell's on, and I think maybe Blair might be. Uh, Blair Nias might be on nice. it. So yeah, it's gonna be. Awesome. It's gonna be a good open. And I love that Spirit Square. Is it's what? That's an amazing place that that I think a lot of people in Charlotte don't know about. They got a, a number of of theaters in there, different sizes. The yeah. McLowen is is a spectacular theater. And they've, they've got a lot of these smaller rooms and, and it's going to be, man, it's going to be fun for Charlotte. And I hope people come out to it. I think we're getting, I think the buzz is happening. I can feel it. So hopefully this kind of thing pushes it. Yeah.
0: More. Um, it's yeah. Uh, still about five weeks away, but um, it's great. Having the Blumenthal involved obviously makes a huge difference. Yeah. You get their marketing machine, you get their concessions, you get their, yeah. their, their, their their um, just their venues just, you know, opens yeah. it up to be such a and anything that, that
1: Joe Hunsacker is involved with I want to be involved. I'm, with. Cause, I'm on board cuz he is yeah. a,
0: a I, what a sweetheart of a guy. Isn't he just the he's greatest great. guy? God, I love that. Yeah, guy. he he he's he, he's uh Romance. He, he was the foot in the door at the Blumenthal I guess with the comedy experience and and it's just um you know it's grown into this multi venue multi show thing at the same time. Yeah. Um we are doing Funny on the Fly uh on Saturday night which uh Jason you'll yeah, them, right? I'm okay. very excited. I love, love funny on the fly. It's the, it's um, the best. We're gonna do that uh, 7 p.m. on Saturday night uh, at the m M&M Gallery, which will be yeah. actually a perfect space. At first, I thought, totally. you know, hey, we're gonna do funny on the fly, the fly in a theater. But then I feel like this space is gonna be great. It'll hold yeah. about 75 people, which is a, to a, me is one of the that's a perfect size for. It's gonna be great for yeah.
1: comedy in general. Just fill up that 75 yeah. person in a rest in great. Yeah.
0: Um, So that's uh, seven o'clock on Saturday night. And then um, we're doing a live recording of the Comedy Zone podcast. First ever live recording of this podcast. That's exciting. To be fair, every recording is technically a live recording i'm this alive be, you're alive makes, <laughs> but this will be this will be live in front of actual people oh gotcha yeah. so um uh and uh, that is at the duke theater oh right in, oh yeah which is uh that's pretty crazy that's pretty exciting yeah, yeah i know so that theater. um i'm uh, looking forward to that lots of surprises in that show i'll i'll be interested to see what they are uh, <laughs> <laughs> well if you don't know I, I now i'm excited to see what so, um, <laughs> there will be happen. there will be lots of surprises i promise um Excellent, some cool headliners and uh, some cool stuff. Who doesn't love surprises? Except right? most people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so it'll be fun. So again, uh, 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 queencitycomedy dot com or uh, bloomthallarts to pick up tickets for the comedy experience. It's yeah. going to be a pretty great show. Um, C C E. How often uh, a week do you, are you able to get on stage?
1: Uh, I would m- most nights, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to me is that that's the re reboot of the week. So there's, you know, Mike's at Evening Muse and Crown Station and, and uh vinyl pie, a couple of these other places. And so that's a that's reworking new stuff that you didn't get to maybe on some on your you know, they're maybe they're not ready for your weekend show. So Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. I'm, if I'm not, you know, here or you know, booked somewhere else. I'm I'm either showing up here or trying to get a guest spot or something yeah. like that. So I'm I I would say I get up on average probably four nights a week, maybe right. maybe five, and that's I don't even necessarily have to be working. If I'm working, I'm up yeah. probably six days. Yeah, I feel like I feel like in a city like Charlotte, that's pretty good. It is significant because it wasn't that way. Yeah. four years ago.
0: Yeah, and you talk about I mean, like you know, everyone talks about. Um, New York and LA, where, where there's a half a dozen comedy clubs and a bunch of other places doing comedy on any given night. Sure, it, it, it it's it's you don't have to necessarily you have to work hard, but but you don't have to work that hard to find stage time every single night of the week. I I would put it in like terms it. of there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and you know there's always a chip on comedian's shoulders, but yeah, there's no <laughs> excuse if you want if you want to get up, you can get up. Yeah, you'll find a way, or people make a way. you know, just creep create your own room to do it and you know open mic rooms open and close all the time but uh, you can get up you can get up here the thing that those bigger markets I think offer that maybe Charlotte doesn't have just you know to be honest about it is let's use New York as an example there are so many comics up there and so many of those comics are just killers Yeah, they've been doing it for 20 years so Charlotte uh, the 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 people who we have here who are who I think are killers and and just really experienced, you know. There's not 40 of them around. There's 20 of them or 15 of them that that really. So to me, you don't get better by being around people who are the same skill level. You want to be around people who are yeah. great. Yeah. So that's why access to the Comedy Zone for comics here is so important to go and watch these a yep. a comics here every weekend. You got to come see them if you want to be a comic. You yeah. have to watch what they yeah. do. You you can't get better unless you're around people who are better than you. That's what I think. Yeah, and
0: and and I think, you know, to the credit, most of the comics who come through the comedy zone are more than willing to hang out and talk with other local comics afterwards. Totally agree. Um yep. and even guys who don't um, you know, necessarily perform here, but guys who come through town and they play the night theater or they played McGlowan. Yeah. Um, and Brian Regan has come here just to hang out and watch comedy. Absolutely. You know, I remember one of the last times
1: yeah. uh, he was here. He was at I want to say it was maybe Cricket Arena, something like that. And he and and this, as the story came, he was like, "Where are the local comics? Let's go hang out." So he came to the Comedy Zone, and he was like, w- "All right, let's go to the small bar after." So yeah. we went, and there was a handful of us who went and just spent the night. having a couple beers hanging out with brian regan and telling stories and just he just kind of held court and it was spectacular man it was like you can't that's so invaluable it was amazing yeah yeah
0: so how how what is i guess let's 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 start from here what is what's the open mic scene like here i mean we know that um, you know, my general exposure to the open mic scene has been here at the Comedy Zone. Mm-hmm. I hear um, a lot of folks ask ask me, "Well, what's the open mic scene like? What do we have to do to get stage time?" Yeah. So, what's the what's the what's the open mic market you like know, in Charlotte?
1: There is there's a couple great ones, um, and and let's let's start on a Monday, right? So the the Evening Muse has an open mic on Mondays. It's a mixed mic, so it's comedy and music. To me, I don't think you get better than that because you have you know there's 40, 50 people in, in a room that. You know that that's a pretty significant number for that yeah. room. I think they go 120 or something like that. Yeah. So you're filling up almost half of that with people who want to be there as a captive audience. So that, for an open mic, is is just nuts that you get that many people. Uh, you get six minutes. So that's a great start. Tuesdays, oftentimes here, they have the Comedy Zone mm-hmm. open mic. Yep. And the fact that you have people who are so new getting an opportunity to get on this stage, that's crazy. It, again, is yeah. crazy. that that experience as opposed to standing in a coffee shop in a corner is they're just light years apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, hats off to the comedy zone and Debbie Millwater and you guys for putting those kinds of things together. Cause I do it as much as I can. I'll host them. I'll be yeah. on them. I'm not too proud to do, <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> yeah. get me on stage. I don't care. Um, and then crown station, which has been a, a staple that if I'm not mistaken, I think Joe Zimmerman and, and those guys started that That sounds right. Yeah. you know 10 15 I don't know 15 years ago or something like that yeah. and even though their venue has changed that's Mikes still going on Mimi Benfield who, who's a fantastic comic here is actually yep. was part of the semifinals of the NBC stand-up that's right yeah. uh, thing here. Uh, she is great and runs an excellent mic there I and mean, I was just there um, and you know there was 40 people in the room. You know, great. half of them were comics, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. but there were still people there. Yeah. It's a proper stage, like it. So you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no excuses. You got you got great places to be, and there are there are doubled up mics on top of those. So if for some reason, you can't get on on you know at the evening muse. You can go to you know find another place to go. Yeah. There's yeah. Um, so. When you get later in the week, it gets they get a little more sparse because I think there are more showcases than mics. So, you you know whether it's a bar show or you're at the you know hum hosting here or something. So you know the first couple of days of the week, it, there's no excuse not to. And I think they're good. There's some soul crushing ones, that, and they're all sure. sort of soul crushing anyway. <laughs> but I think you need to build up that callus. You need to know yeah. what it feels like to tell jokes in front of maybe groups who don't necessarily even know a comedy show's going on. Right. That is actually important, I think. Yeah. Um, And I always feel like I equate open mics to you tell someone, hey, there's this new song. It's a great song. I love it. I can't stop listening to it. Then you get them and you're like, hey, come here. Let's listen to it together then the song plays, and it's almost like you're experiencing the song for the first time again, Yeah, and then you know percent. whether or not you like that song, actually. Because there's been the <laughs> yeah. times where it's like, oh, well this shit isn't nearly as good as I thought it was. And to me, that's what's going on stage. Even in front of four people who don't give a shit, yeah. you do that on stage. It's different than doing it at your house, writing it in a notebook, doing it in front of a mirror. There's something about that where you get to hear, I've gone and, and just not done a joke, be like, this is garbage. Now that I'm standing here on this date, I'm not even going to do this joke because it's just not good enough. <laughs> yeah. That it doesn't have the heat that I thought it did. So, so, so yeah.
0: Uh, 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 I mean, that's how you kind of, you know, you develop that filter. And, and, and it's not, you know, something that, that, you know, you're going to recognize, you know, a joke as garbage when it's, a, you know, when it's in a notebook. You're not going to recognize that until. Until it's on the stage, or even that a joke works, or a joke that you thought was garbage that that works on stage because you do something different with the microphone, or you do something different with your
1: body, or whatever. I I have have expected uh, over the years that I've been doing this to be able to figure that out, and maybe some people can do it. I'm assuming Chris Rock is like that joke's going to be great. This one's, I don't know that yet, and maybe I should, and I shouldn't be admitting that, but I still don't know. Once in a while, you'd be like, "Ooh, that's gonna. Be, I think that's gonna be good," and it and it is. But I, I don't have this automatic like, "This is gonna be great. This isn't." I just, I, I just don't have that, and I don't know if that's something I'll ever develop, or you know, maybe it'll over time. I don't know. I, I would love I would love to hear other comics talk about that because I, I just I don't know. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like you know you develop a sense of what of what type of joke works for you, mm-hmm. you know, and and what type of joke doesn't. But I think I think you can still always be surprised at something working or not working, mm-hmm. and I think when you stop being surprised, it's time to shake some stuff up. Sure, you
1: know? I've definitely had some some premises that that I have hung on to for a long time because I know one that it's a topic or something that I want to talk about, and two, like I know I can make this funny. It's not funny yet, but you just hang on to it. And yeah, yeah, you just you massage it, and you put it away, and then you bring it back out, and you massage it, and you work it, and you, uh, that is that to me is one of the most satisfying things about comedy is being able to to do that. When you yeah. finally get something, you're like, ah, oh, there it is. There it is. I Found just it. broke it open, yeah. and that's. Yeah. And the, and what's great is that could be one joke. It doesn't even need to be like a couple minutes worth of like <sighs> of a bit. It could be just a joke. You're like, finally, I got that yeah. out. Like yeah. it means a lot. I think. Yeah. Because for me on open mics, like, you know, you get five or six minutes. If I do five or six minutes and I can chisel away and get four jokes out of it, that's yeah. amazing. That's, yeah. it's a, to me, that's very successful because then you build on that. Yeah. You build on those jokes. You are like, all right, what's the other way I can tell this? Or what's the next step to this that I can make funny? And then that's then, you know, you're building towards a couple minutes of a bit. That's that's what I'm always working yeah. for. You know,
0: how much um, do you write every day?
1: I try to write every day. Yeah. I, w- I write something every day. I whether it's uh, you know premises on my phone. I've got a bunch of different places that I you know notebook, phone, text myself, text a friend. Yeah. Uh, I for instance, Ike and I will constantly sending stuff to to one another. Clinton Norrell sent stuff to him. Yeah. And so and then I will, depending on the day, bring that stuff out. And then I, I'm a Word Doc guy. I, we talked about this on the last time. So yeah. I, so I will, kind of purge all that stuff from my phone and notebooks into, into a word doc. And then I will sort of really begin to, to, to work that out. Yeah. So I'm writing every day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's critical to the process. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, they can not do that. And I think you can never stop doing yeah, that. I think,
1: yeah. I don't think you can ever, if you have like, once you're just not thinking about that, I don't know what you should just stop doing yeah, yeah. comedy or whatever, you know, it's, it's the, it's a muscle, right? Like, yeah. So I studied, uh, uh I have an English degree, right? went mm-hmm. to school and I studied a lot of theaters and, uh, uh, Shakespeare and the, everyone's talked about it. You can't just, I couldn't pick up Shakespeare right now and start reading it and, and understand what the hell's going on. You right. gotta read it and read it and read it and study it. And then you get used to the sounds and all that kind of stuff. So it's comedy. It's like, that's why I get people talk about, I'm going to take a break and take a, month off it's like well good luck getting back <laughs> yeah, that is a terrifying prospect to me you're gonna stop for a month oh my god <laughs> i can't go a couple of days without getting on stage for fear of of losing yeah. losing the edge or whatever
0: you. yeah want to call it. where w- where will you get your validation <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> i'll
1: just go to my folks my <laughs> for, mom still loves me mom <laughs> am I good <laughs> yes you're. she pats me on the head you're doing fine you're good honey yes <laughs> and then my brothers are around and they just kick my legs out uh, from under me again it's great well, ball yeah, busters
0: that's just... all right uh, let's take a quick break I do want to talk about career paths um, we do want to mention that but uh, let's uh, catch up in just a minute about uh, some stuff going on at, at the comedy zone we'll be back in just a minute But the Queen City Podcast Network network.com The place to go uh, Seven now of your uh, best Charlotte-based podcasts About all kinds of stuff Cool stuff going around In and around the uh, Queen City Network.com. But I gotta let you know about Cheers Charlotte Radio uh, Cheers Charlotte Radio One of the original members of the Queen City Podcast Network It's a bi-weekly podcast That's every two weeks Exploring the world of craft beer If you spend any time at all in Charlotte, you know the craft beer scene is off the hook. Is that what the kids say? Off the hook. It's pretty great. The craft beer scene in Charlotte. All kinds of great home brews. All kinds of great food. Good living here in Charlotte. Cheer Charlotte Radio is recorded live. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Cheer Charlotte Radio is recorded live on-site at local craft beer bars, breweries, and festivals every episode. includes in-person interviews with craft professionals and industry news as it relates to the Charlotte North Carolina market. It's been around since 2013. Now it's part of the Queen City Podcast Network. Ford Craven, Jay Weezy Brown, and Caesar Leva bring a bright light to the craft beer scene with the insightful beer industry experiences, their contagious brotherly banter, and as you might have guessed, some laughter as well. Get your beer gargles, goggles, your beer gargles on, and your beer buds. Oh, that's a great idea. We should make beer buds for the network. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Check it out. Cheer Charlotte Radio. That's the place to be. I'm working our way backwards through the Aretha Franklin catalog. Those 80s songs haven't aged very well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. No, they haven't.
0: When she starts singing, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Getting it's, it's, getting
1: who it is like that,
0: like Huey Lewis saxophone and the. <laughs> <laughs> bring back the old radio days. There she is. You, you do a in <laughs> Probably changed.
1: <man. laughs> yeah, those '80s songs, man. They Lo- loved the synth everything, didn't they? <laughs> lots
0: of synthesizer, <laughs> lots of uh, drum machines. Yeah. Oh,
1: poor drummers in the in the eighties, huh? Uh, Goodness, <laughs> they're all out of work. They, oh yeah, sitting sit around. Like,
0: <laughs> that was what, what, what your your okay. So I was I was uh, in high school in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. So that 80s music kind of, um, except I was more sort of like that punk new wave. Sure, like yeah. I didn't dress like it because that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been that would not have been great but I was much more you know clash uh sex pistols talking shirts sure. uh, the real eighties yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm um, social distortion <laughs> um and then kind of the new wave um as I got you know into college and I got kind of you know turned on to different uh, uh bands and different types of music uh, um, orchestral maneuvers in the dark, uh echoing the Bunnymen, um, you? Stuff like what that you? You're just showing off <laughs> <laughs> What was
1: So when you were you're I was so young the... I wouldn't know Anything about the <laughs> 80s Anything at all About the 80s uh, No I wouldn't know uh, No I was uh, Yeah I, I really was uh, I was a kid man So I was watching like uh, uh, What was that That game show uh, Where they would Slime everybody And you had to do like Oh, well, Yeah it was like, he, Nickelodeon. it was like Kids and their brothers Would go and do The obstacle course And uh, I can't remember The name of that show Right now It was such a great show Yeah um, so I, I i so my eighties was the cheesiest child like eighties that i could imagine you know what I mean It was like yeah. clothes were awful oh clothes were the worst the wor- you know I was just like my childhood was like the goonies like in the eighties like I was just a riding my bike through the woods and yeah. like you know what I mean that so my I'm not a good judge of the eighties nineties yeah. i got i got you know that's that was sort
0: of really more my wheelhouse who was your go to band in uh, high school?
1: Uh, I would say probably Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I liked all the grunge stuff. I, I was, and so many people were groaning. I was probably a bigger Pearl Jam fan than I was of Nirvana. i liked you know, Alice in Chains, but, yeah. um, yeah, I, I had that grunge stuff pretty hard. I, I kind of loved all that stuff actually.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think the, the Pearl Jam, that album 10, I want to say it came out after I got out of college. I'm trying to think of what year that uh, might have been. what was that? ninety 90- three? Two ninety three. Oh, yeah. I, I was way out of college then by the time that came out. Well, know.
1: let me think about that, actually. It, I think it was 1993, yeah. Cause, yes, that's when it was. Cause I think my brother had just gone to college. And, and we had this conversation when he, he went to Texas' to school. I was up in Pennsylvania. And we both were like, uh, dude, have you heard this song, Even Flow? Like, which yeah. was their first release from that. Yeah. We both were just kind of like, what is going on? Who is this? You know, that album,
0: yeah, that album's great. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was but pretty, it was amazing. They had 1991, a, it says here. 91. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me think about that. Yeah. So I was out of college for two years by that time. Yeah. So he, uh, I guess maybe he went to school in 92. So it was that year that it came out, and I maybe hadn't heard it. We lived in the sticks, so. It Wasn't quite the
0: sticks, but it was definitely a small town. She hadn't gotten to you yet. Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> believe that. I'm pretty sure that's how that went. Yeah, you know. yeah. I was my uh, go-to band in college was uh, REM. Yeah. yeah, I loved REM. Yeah, still yeah, I was a big fan of REM. Th- 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 um, that old-school REM stuff is just uh, I'm so yeah. great. One of the things I want to do while we're living in this area is go to uh, Athens, Georgia. And i um, check out. I guess the place where they played their first concert is this like church. Now it's kind of this like renovated right. church area, oh, but it's, cool. it's, it's um it's still standing. I just kind of want to go and hang out where where REM played their yeah first concert. sure I think, man. I think well they there
1: was they, they recorded an album here in Charlotte. That's right. Yeah yeah. And they tore the studio down about four years ago. Yes, yeah. which is and now there's a big, uh, uh friggin Walgreens or no nah, it's, it's a it's a <laughs> like, like it's an apartment yeah, on yeah, yeah. Central right there central on like 10th yeah. it was right there and i got to go there and i scouted it for a for a project that, oh, awesome. and yeah. uh, it was amazing to be in there it was yeah. so cool i can't remember the album though that they did
0: uh, uh, let's see if Siri lets us ask hey siri which r e m album was recorded in charlotte north carolina
1: what a fascinating modern age we live in i don't know who performs in charlotte
0: north carolina see you hey siri <laughs> You are no help at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't have an answer to that. Yeah, no, Damn right you don't. No, you don't, do you, Siri? Shut it down, Siri.
1: <laughs> Lex is uh, going to uh, kick your ass.
0: Uh, let me see if I can find R-E-M or T E M B R E. My cell phone is... Uh...
1: Get them big big old thumbs, that? buddy. <laughs> That's
0: the problem the tiny little keyboard. <laughs> REM, or R-E-M-L... This is, this is riveting for, but for this is This is a good listening. podcast right here. Yeah, uh, sure recorded. is.
1: I loved REM though they were they were great. Even when they got into like Monster, they got did they ever really do anything that was garbage?
0: Because I liked everything that they've done. You know, it, it, they were really kind of hit hit or miss later. Everything after like Out of Time, yeah, was kind of like you know there were like two or three good songs on the album, and then the rest yeah. were like Shiny Happy People, and you know although that was a hit, for I him. didn't mind Shiny
1: Happy People. How <laughs> dare you?
0: It was a hit for him, but
1: uh... like I I don't know like even that like what's the frequency? Kenneth was. Again, maybe there was a fewer hits on that, but that was still pretty pretty badass to me. Uh, um, okay,
0: so Reflection Sound was the name of the comp, uh, the the recording studio. Uh, the tip, tip, uh, it's just uh, it's just
1: another example of Charlotte tearing down its history, which is really really disappointing. Uh,
0: no mention, but um, okay, so no mention of the specific album. It may have been more than one REM album recorded in Charlotte. Hmm um but other other artists who recorded there Whitney Houston, James Brown, Joe Walsh, Robert Plant, no kidding. Uh a slew of gospel artists according to an article in the Observer from a few years ago.
1: Well, it was an impressive studio when I was in. It. Hey, if anyone listens to this, hit Fantasia. me up at, at King Jason Allen. I would love to know if you know what REM uh, uh albums or songs or whatever was recorded up here because I remember the gentleman who owned it and forgive me for forgetting his name right now. Uh had told me all about it and was a real real feather in their cap there
0: for doing that reckoning reckoning oh there you go oh it's great was the rem uh, or one of the rem albums recorded in charlotte at reflection stone studio in charlotte north carolina over 16 days in 1983 yeah
1: so if you uh you don't have to hit me up about rm you could yell at me for liking pearl jam more than nirvana because i know that's really touchy
0: i do not disagree with you at all though there i think i mean certainly you know we don't know what what nirvana's trajectory would have been like sure agree obviously because it was cut short and pearl jam's trajectory has been what pearl pearl jam has done yeah you know that they, they, they you know you can make an argument about kind of where their where their career went um this is for better or worse yeah i, I think, I think yeah i
1: think there is there's good and bad come uh, that's come out yeah. of them i think you know i'm i still think that eddie vetter's voice is the strongest voice i've ever seen in concert yeah and I've, you know, I'd like to think I've seen a lot of concerts. It was the most uh, impressive uh, in terms of strength and just quality yeah. of voice. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, the the um, I put Chris Cornell up there. Mm-hmm.
1: Certainly, boy, isn't that always the argument? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good <laughs> grief. Can't bring up Eddie Vedder, <laughs> better, but me. I'll tell you what, though, Eddie, hang on, man. No. <laughs> You're the last one, dude. Like, someone make that's sure right. that guy's happy,
0: please. That's right. Because yeah, that's true. Because all those other guys, they're all gone. All those man. guys are all gone. Yeah. They're, I mean, it's yeah. I hadn't thought about that till just they're now. They're kind yeah. of all
1: gone. It's really heartbreaking, man. That, that Chris yeah. Cornell was that that was the heartbreaker, man. That was, you know. Yeah, were all it's such terrible, a shock too. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, so shocking. That,
0: yeah, and, you know, and then to hear that, that that you know the way they yeah that's always that's always a surprise. You talk about Robin Williams, you talk about Chris yeah. Cornell, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, you know, someone should guys.
1: play Shiny Happy People right now. We got it. <laughs> Hold on. Crack it up. Can we I, it? I don't have a cu- don't We're know. managing to
0: <laughs> really really bring it down. <laughs> uh I'm on it. Hold on. This takes just a second. Um so um, what's the what's the album? We weren't really going to talk about music. No, we have, this well, is Here we are. The, the, the Joy we of the found podcast. Ourselves. So the the um the music the album that that you still listen to that
1: mm. from then from that time kind of yeah
0: from an older an older hmm um, while well, you're thinking let's do interesting of course, this is the video so there's a video you know.
1: It's, you can actually
0: see the clouds parting and the sun come out. It is a happy song. It's a happy song. I will give really. you that. It's a, it's a, you cannot be in a bad mood and listen to this yeah. song. It's like a, something Paul
1: McCartney wrote.
0: <laughs> John Lennon is like, "Come on!" got <laughs> be I'm watching the video. He is so young in this video. Yeah, well, there's Kate. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: have no problem with it. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> that was for everyone, not just for me. <laughs> uh I don't know. That one album, I mean, I definitely still, you know, because I'll listen to Pearl Jam on mm-hmm. XM radio still mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but, you know, some I don't know. You know what song pops up every once in a while when I'm flipping through is uh, Mazzy Star. Fade into you. You remember that yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it fade into you or fade into me? I can't remember right now.
0: I think it's fade into you. Um
1: okay. Yeah, I don't really know.
0: Yeah, it, it it's um, it's funny because now that I don't listen to albums or CDs, you know, front to back as much anymore. Yeah, no, no. so everything's on shuffle. Everything's yeah. random. You, know I, mean, you don't know, I was just thinking the other day that I miss. I don't know if you've ever had this um, experience, but I miss. You know I miss record stores, I miss bookstores, sure. but I miss like like flipping through your record collection and like picking out an album and pulling it out and whoosh, blowing off the <laughs> dust and putting it on the turntable and uh, uh-huh. you know I miss that whole process of like you know to listen to something you had to there was work involved in yeah, right right in um in listening to something and 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 you know twenty minutes into it you had to go back to the turntable and flip the album over and then it was just uh there's just you know there's something about that process you were committed to listening to an album Mm -hmm. if you if you how about reading the the cd covers and stuff and reading lyrics i loved
1: having lyrics that you could read and 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 you you know you just consumed it a little bit differently you got some more information about people but now there's like you get zero additional information although you can probably get more information on these artists than we ever had before but now it's it was something about having it, and pulling it out, and yeah. reading it, and who who designed it. And, yeah, and you know, the covers, covers. Yeah, it said something album. about the band yeah, and, no, the, it and the specific stinks album. Stinks so. now. Everything yeah, stinks. Yeah. <laughs> you old <laughs> bastard. I'm trying so hard not to sound like an old guy, but yeah, that's I. But I agree with you though. Stinks. It's kind of like everything feels flimsy.
0: Yeah, it's that, not. That's
1: the that's sort of the issue. Every everything seems a little more. Like not to use a dramatic word, like a fleeting kind of thing. Like you hear an album, a song comes out, it's good, and then you never, yeah,
0: really get to like you were you were doing the motion like touch it, feel it, right? Even if you go to iTunes and you buy an album, you're not buying anything. You're buying the digital rights to stream that album on the thing. You don't you don't yeah. have that. You're just buying the rights to listen to. You're buying the ability to listen to that album, yeah. not the the the. Okay, even you know with CDs, the case, and you open it up, yeah. and maybe there was a book or the album. You had notes in a sleeve, and yeah.
1: it, it was yeah. It well, I saw the other day, and this this to me is so so great. I don't know what the name of the, the there's a is it Urban Outfitters started selling right. cassettes. Yeah, and I was like, you. That's, that's a solid business. To say. Fucking <laughs> cocksuckers. I don't know if I'm allowed to say things like that, but this it. deserves it. Say it. Really, like yeah. really, you're gonna you're gonna sell. Cassettes now, you're gonna take it. It, 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 it. Something about that is so irksome to me. Yeah, I, and by I'm one of the only people who ever used cocksucker and irksome in the same sense <laughs> Just for the, <laughs> I
0: oh, think something I, really I, annoying about like it. Like albums make sense to me. Like you know, I get why bands uh, release albums now, and I get why hipsters are buying albums. <laughs> cassettes makes the, 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 that's a terrible business decision it's because such a novelty, right? It was a crappy format to begin with, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the tape. Yeah. You know, every album starts with this. <laughs> you know, the, the, it's it's just it's not it's not a yeah. it's not a solid business decision. Yeah. Plus, nobody has a tape machine anymore. Well, that was the a tape machine. <laughs> tape machine. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> these kids player. don't even have tape <laughs> machines. <laughs> what the cassette player? Sorry.
1: Yeah. But funny because they're all pretty much deteriorated and gone now at this point anyway. Half of them, right?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that I have my Walkman in a box somewhere at home. Right. Um, (laughs) No Walkman. It was the original MP3 player. My tape machine was. (laughs) You could bring it with you. Remember, you ever seen like the picture like the boom boxes? Remember, like people were walking down the street absolutely with like a twenty pound boom box on their shoulders. Yeah, and that was how they listened to music. And it would only last for about a half hour, and you had to get these huge batteries. You had forty double D batteries. Yeah. the
1: whole back of it was just f- riddled with huge batteries, and it was like you just you couldn't. It was so impractical, <laughs> completely yeah, impractical. Their breakdances. You, know, they only bre- they were only breakdancing for twenty minutes because right. that's as long. As the right, boom that's better. Oh, I gotta go back to the Seven Eleven. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get us some new cardboard while you're out there. Then they're the ones where the speakers on either end, the big speakers, unhooked. Yes, from the body of it, oh, yeah. so you could use that as your main stereo in your bedroom. Yep. I remember, we, every, like we were getting those, like every Christmas we would get a new, one. like my older brothers,
1: not me, because I was a child. <laughs> I really want to keep stressing that.
0: <laughs> Boom boxes. Yeah, those were good days. Eight tracks were even better. I wouldn't know anything about it. Eight tracks. <laughs> You had no control uh, 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 the length of the track, so there may have been eight eight tracks on every tape. Mm-hmm. The, the every every cassette the length of the track was predetermined, so mm-hmm. you couldn't necessarily say you know track number one will have three songs on it. Uh, track number ah. one may have two and a half songs on it. Oh my god! And then the third song would literally fade out, and then and then the player would have to change tracks. So I remember a friend of mine had an eight. I never had an eight-track deck. A friend of mine had an eight-track deck, and I remember the Blue Oyster Cult album that had "Don't Fear the Reaper" on it. Mm -hmm. And I remember "Don't Fear the Reaper" on the because it was like track number three or four or whatever. "Don't Fear the Reaper" fading out in the middle, and then fading back up as the next track started. Wow! You paid for that? That's nuts! Like you paid for the only good song on that album to fade out two minutes into it. Then, yeah right and then come in, and literally i i can't hear that song now without knowing like like exactly where the fade out was and hearing the tunk. and you were just making fun of cassettes yeah. jesus yeah no oh no A tracks were much worse <laughs> yeah it sounds like A tracks were, were, were yeah it, it it's not it was not a great uh time for technology no no <laughs> then,
1: boy they tried back then didn't they they, they just did. tried their best
0: they did. I still want to talk about careers. and we're Yeah, going we to. should probably do that. Yeah. So um, let's take another break. Uh, let's do a, a little more Aretha Franklin, and we'll be back. Nice. Great shows coming up at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina over the next several weeks, August into September already. Bob Saget in town tonight, the 27th. I'm sorry, tonight the 17th. I need to get my eyes checked. 17th and 18th. Two shows Friday night, two shows two shows Saturday night. We're gonna find out how to get tickets here in just a few minutes. Schuler King, one night, one night only on the 19th. Blair Nias is almost famous on the 22nd. Orney Adams, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of August. So I had to get tickets again in just a moment. A clean comedy brunch. Show up at 2:30 in the afternoon on Sunday, August 26th for a clean comedy brunch. Good food, good clean comedy. It'll be a good time. That night, yeah, things get a little edgier. Funny on the fly, 7 o'clock show, Tuesday night, August 26th. That show happening. Nikki Who, one night, one night only on the 29th. Carlos Mencia, the 30th, 31st, 1st, and then 2nd of September. You are not going to want to miss those shows at all. Here's how you get tickets. Obviously, check out the Comedy Zone uh, website, cltcomedyzone.com. All the dates and details there. Shows coming up over the next several months. Kyle Kinane, some other great stuff coming up. Uh, 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 Margaret Cho coming up uh, at the Comedy Zone. Call the box office, 980-321-4702, 980-321-4702. Of course, follow the Comedy Zone Charlotte on social media as well. As for the show... The company's own podcast, that is. uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Laughable, Google Play Music. Those are the places where you can find us. Leave a review. Tell two friends about us. It is the best way to help this show continue to grow, to help us continue to do whatever it is that we do. Was Aretha Franklin filling in for Luciano Pavarotti at the last minute? <laughs> Can
1: you imagine having that at your disposal. Yeah, she was just otherworldly,
0: man. That's crazy. Um, you know what? You know what's annoying about Instagram?
1: Oh boy, it's a long <laughs> list. So I like
0: Instagram actually, but it, yeah, I do. Also annoying. I do, and it's super effective.
1: Yeah, it's like a pop-up book for adults
0: much more effective marketing wise than facebook or twitter at least organically i mean mm-hmm. obviously you can pay to you know to do you see facebook and twitter but but instagram instagram's hashtag game is really strong mm-hmm. uh but the 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 so you see something that like you know so and so has followed you right You're like oh cool that person's followed me i will follow them back and then it just says uh follow requested it's like wait Wait a minute, <laughs> you just followed me. Yeah, you asked me to, right. for this. Now I got to beg you to, <laughs> to right. accept my follow request? That's yeah. bullshit. It's kind That's of bullshit. bullshit. It is kind of bullshit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about career paths mm-hmm. and kind of you know the, the things we want and the and the decisions we make uh, on our way to the things we want. Mm-hmm. What, is, what was, when you decided you were, you had, you had a career, mm-hmm. right? And you decided that you were going to scale that career back a little bit in order to pursue stand-up.
1: Yeah. I
0: wanted to be a dentist.
1: I didn't, actually. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> I always kidding. wanted to yeah. be a dentist. Who wants to be a dentist? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, because we have chatted a little bit about this and how, you know, how do we get here and what are the the changes and sacrifices maybe that you've gone through. So I, I've worked in, uh, in film production for about 15 years, 16 years, maybe now, um, here in town, which was a dream, dream to work in, in film production for me. I've always been a fan. I've been a mm-hmm. writer, screenplay writer and all that kind of stuff for a long time. And, uh, really was my goal. I wanted to write and direct and that kind of thing. And, and in the process you work in, you know, in the business from a production assistant all the way up to, you know, location managing and, um, co-produced a feature film um, I got some other smaller projects under my belt and it's been amazing and as I, and I'll tell the story briefly is that in an effort to be a better writer, I took the comedy class, started doing stand up and it was a couple couple times in the class uh, I should say a couple classes in uh, I had a you know a little bit of an epiphany like I did when it with film it was in but this time it was oh no. This is way too much fun. I'm getting (laughs) more out of this than I ever anticipated. So I went through the class and did the graduation uh, night, which was amazing, and uh, and I said, you know, I'm going to keep doing these open mics and just let's see if this sticks outside of the... Um, the positive pressure of like I got to go and do this this class and do the graduation part. Let's see if I don't have that motivation, am I going to continue to do this? So I gave myself about two months. I kept going out, kept writing. Got, felt like I was getting better, and that it was around that time. I think I maybe had done one of Debbie's shows and did really well on the uh-huh. show. Um, and I and I said, okay, I might I might want to. Really try to do this for a living, and I think you know six months after that it was okay. I'm gonna not take long form work anymore. When I do long form, it's it Mm -hmm. could be four movies or four months, five months, TV shows, which I had been doing. You know, not long before that, were you know six, eight, nine months. You can't do comedy if you're working twelve to fourteen hour days, five and six days a week. It's just it's not a thing. So I made the decision. I I uh, left a lot of money on the table and, and said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do just commercial work now, which is anywhere from three to 10 days. That's sporadic and not in a row usually. And so suddenly my, you know, I, I had, like I said, put a lot of thought into it and said, what how many days do I need to work in a month to, to cover my nut plus, yeah. you know, have a little little bit to save and whatever. And... I can't even believe it, but here I am—you know, five years later, almost uh, still making that that decision work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my my flexibility is far greater. So I, I I'm able to do comedy full time now mm-hmm. over the last several years, and it still works. And yeah. even I'm getting more booked, more and more, and out of town and on the road. Whoever books me first gets gets me. Mm-hmm. So again I'm able I have two full time jobs it is a lot of work yeah it's a lot of hair pulling and and you know you're burning the candle at both ends sometimes i'm I'm getting up at four in the morning I did this not long ago got up at you know about four in the morning I worked like a fourteen or fifteen hour day and went right to a show and and then you do the show and you yeah. but if you're hosting like you're there all night and you yeah. know it's a it, it's not easy but there are a lot of people who have a, Far worse than I do. I sure. don't know how people have day jobs and do comedy. I just don't. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea.
0: Yeah. I, I I, think it's a, you know, it depends on what you want and how badly you want it, you know. And obviously yeah. there are other considerations. If you have children. Oh, my gosh. If yeah. you have a mortgage. If you have, a, you know, a significant other even or just, you know, somebody else who relies on you for anything. Yeah. Or who wants to spend time with you, or, or you know, whatever. It, it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a tricky balance. I've done the freelance gig, um, or the freelance life. At one point, I was working for nine different companies when I lived in Tucson, wow. Arizona, yeah, right. and 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 I was working as everything from um, video production to uh, um, corporate events to like producing and 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 running AV for corporate events mm-hmm. and big crews, not like. You know, uh, an overhead projector. Well, I'm dating yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, a PowerPoint presentation and a microphone. I mean, big, yeah. big, huge corporate events with thousands of people involved. Sure. Um, working concerts, um, working as a stagehand for off Broadway shows when they would come through town and stuff. Sounds so, exciting. so, I mean, a whole lot of different stuff. Yeah. And it was great. It, it was exhausting, though. And you're right. You know, you can't, um, you know, you can't work. Um, you know, as a stagehand supervisor, when a WWE show comes into town, because it's an eighteen-hour day, yeah, and then do stand up that night, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. and it doesn't, um, it's almost it's impossible,
1: and it's not sustainable anyway. No, no, you can do that for a while, and like you know, do your best. And I don't, still don't think people, especially when it comes to production in particular, is it, the amount of hours and time, yeah, because because I, I like I said, still scout, and then you bring, you know, sixty-five. 70 people to their house are going aren't you guys just making a 15 second commercial yeah. and it's like yeah yeah we are we are yeah and we're gonna be here for 14 hours yeah
0: and what it takes for it to look good yeah and you know what it takes for it to sound good yep and what it takes for the acting to be good and for the yeah. for for everything to fall in play and then people go well what why does that movie cost so much well yeah because if it didn't, it would look like...
1: A lot of talent. There's a yeah. lot of talent who, yeah. who, you know, the guys who are, you know, lighting and, and, you know, those guys have been doing this a long time. And the shorthand, and, and it's, it just, yeah. you know, it's a lot goes into it. So, it, so you know, that being said, it's a, it's a long, long day. And, you know, for me, it just, it, made, it makes sense. I don't have, uh, I'm not married. I'm not, you know, I don't have kids. Uh, I do have a house that I'm, you know, paying for, but it's... Mm. I have somehow managed to put myself in a position to to be successful at this. In the the ancillary part of it, yeah. being funny is still the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've somehow managed the, the the you know the the personal side. The personal sacrifice yeah. I think is less on me than it is on. Like you said, I know people who have kids and yep. and they're trying to make this work, and they work at a gas station or they work. You know what I mean? And some people have worked for the bank. Mm-hmm. Some people are lawyers that we know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the host of this podcast, well, Jacobs <laughs> exactly. is, is an attorney with a new baby. Well, the kids a year, almost a year and a half, now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's you know, it depends on you know what you want and and what you know sacrifices are you willing to make to get that and 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 it's not you know the last thing you want. I was talking with someone at my current day job. She's right out of school, twenty two years old. And she's still interning with us, even though she's graduated. She's like, you know, I don't really know what I want to do. And I'm like, look, it, it feel, I know there's probably an internal sense of urgency right now because you're 22 and you're, and you're out of school and you're like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Whatever it is that you want to do, do it now. Yeah, sure. So do it before, you know, if you want to go, if you've got the resources and you want to backpack across Europe, then you know, go go yeah, do that now because five years from now, ten years from now, you're not going to have the ability to do you're that. be Suffocated, right, right, and and yeah. and and it's so much better when you you know before you have all these responsibilities and before yeah. you have a, in her case, a husband. I'm, I'm assuming, uh, <laughs> that maybe perhaps we, a wife. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, and 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 or and just a dog, even. <laughs> before life. You yeah, know, kicks you in the teeth because life will kick you. Boy, this has been a. We're really... Yeah, you're really bringing it down, <laughs> again, Brian. Nicely done. I,
1: I, I've I've had the the, the uh, luxury and privilege to that I've never really made good decisions. I've always made passionate decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I went to school to get an English degree. Now you tell me how many people who, who are like, "What do you do for a living now?" Mm-hmm. You know, English, like, English. <laughs> That's right. Okay, good, good job. I just knew that it's what I had an interest in and what yeah, I was good yeah. in. So yeah. my dad, who's an engineer, really hated that decision. <laughs> he was like, "That doesn't sound good at all." Yeah. What's their placement like? It's like I don't care. <laughs> this is what I know I'm going to graduate with. You give me something yeah. else to do. I don't know if I'm going to graduate. You yeah. know.
0: Yeah.
1: Getting into you know getting into film was to me was a very easy decision. Everyone who I talked to, because I you know I made phone calls, I did everything I could. Everyone said, nah, "Don't do don't don't do this. You want to make money, go work for the bank," kind of thing. It's right. Like, like I'm not motivated by it, so I appreciate people who are making this decision against against the odds to go and do this. You know, and I and it sounds like we're making comedy not fun, and I don't. No, 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 not at all. That's not the case, but it's still it's work, man. It is it is not easy to follow your dream and and be passionate about something. Yeah, it's hard. Very, yeah, very hard. Uh,
0: the. The reality is there's rarely money in following your passion yeah right you know and 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 to your point about like like uh, the 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 I've never been I've never been particularly motivated by money either the flip side of that Coin is that I'm also not very good with money, so that's a bad combination. <laughs> so, Your so poor like, wife. I don't care about money. I'm also not very good. Well, she, her her financial acumen matches mine. Oh, so I'm good. So we are we're we're perfect together. <laughs> Spiraling, uh, In that respect. Together. It, it it's but the the you know as long as I can keep a roof over my head and yeah you know not miss any meals and keep my wife happy and keep us. It, 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 you know i'm good and if i'm doing something that i enjoy doing that's much more yeah it's, important it's to
1: me. really it's everything i think you got to be able to wake up and feel good about walking out the door and yeah. i also think managing expectations is a big deal you know like this idea that you know uh, keeping up with the joneses or whatever it's like the idea of making a million is doesn't drive this at all no. it really can't no you're just in the wrong business it it's I always talk about we use an analogy with gambling, right? So I'm not a I'm not a gambler, like, but I'll, if I'm at a casino or something like that, I'll play the blackjack. Yeah. And my goal is not to clear the house and make four grand and walk out the door. It would be nice, sure, but it's not something I'm trying to do. I want to make enough to keep playing. Yeah. I just want to. It's like going to a movie. You spend a certain amount of money to go see a movie. It's like I want to yeah. spend this money. I want to keep winning enough to exhaust the night and I had a great time and hey did I win somebody beautiful yeah that's to me is comedy and these other things that we do it's I just want to keep I want to be able to keep doing this so let's figure out a way to make that happen
0: you know let's make enough to to keep doing it yeah I was I was working an AV gig in Vegas and we were off one night and we went to the Rio we saw Penn and Teller which is very cool awesome on the way out um, they have the section of of, um, blackjack tables which are staffed by uh, um, dealers who were all attractive females wearing bikinis. Go on. So you got to stop and play some blackjack, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right, because that's how you just, you have to. So uh, I'm sitting there and I lost uh, $100 probably to a woman wearing a bikini (laughs) in probably 20 minutes, if I'm being (laughs) honest. (laughs) It was one of the greatest nights of my life. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> uh, you know, it was. It it it, it depends. I mean, like a novelty. You, you know, to your point, if if you you know if I'm having fun doing it, you know, it would have been great if I hadn't lost a hundred dollars. If I'd lost twenty dollars in twenty minutes, mm. you know, I can. That's fine. I mean, now I look back and I'm going like that. That guy was an idiot. Yeah. Right. Right. But you know, if I can, you know, if I can parlay twenty five dollars at a blackjack table into two hours of playing blackjack, that's awesome. You've just that's
1: great. You just paid for
0: that two hours of fun.
1: Yeah, and you know, and the excitement of it, and you win it, you win a couple hands, and it's exciting. You lose a couple, and it's kind of even more exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that to me is what the this whole chasing your dream, being passionate about something. Um, You know, like I said, I, I, you know, I could still be in the. The film game and working on these TV shows, you made really good money. Yeah, but you also had no time, right? You know, you just were. It's exciting to work on those shows, and it's exciting when they come out. But you have no time to do anything. You don't have, you know. I don't have a, you know. I'm not married with kids, but my folks live in town. Yeah, you know, and my brothers live in town, and I would like to hang out with them and yeah. with that stuff. You, you had sometimes six days Fridays where you work until four or five o'clock in the morning on saturday from your friday you know so what do you do you sleep until four o'clock and then you know what do you you got not even a day and a half to get your life in order and visit your it's just a for me it was a bit of a grind where Mm -hmm. you know now i'm in comedy so i'm not around equally as much but
0: yeah I, i i um when, okay, so I produced the broadcast of the Charlotte Thanksgiving Day Parade for four years. Awesome, And uh, I want to say the second year that I took the, no, the first year I took the broadcast over was the year that the original sponsor had dropped out. And then they went a few months of the year without having a sponsor. And then suddenly six weeks in front of Thanksgiving, um, Novant Health uh, Jumps in and saves the parade, but now we got to produce a parade broadcast in six weeks. Mm. So the week of the parade, I literally did not sleep from Monday until like Thanksgiving afternoon. Man. Right? So literally straight through working. I think I went home for like an hour the night before the parade just to shower and change clothes. Other than that, I was out. So my parents are coming in. Uh, they come in on Wednesday, so my wife has has to entertain them because I'm producing the parade broadcast. I get home, the broadcast goes fine. The the I get home about I think two in the afternoon. It's a two a.m. crew call. Yeah, right. And the parade steps off at nine o'clock. Ends about eleven thirty. Everybody tears down and goes home. So I'm home like two thirty three o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Um, we're having dinner at a neighbor's house, and I don't remember anything. Yeah, sure. Um, and all that, you know, adrenaline I had from the prey broadcast yeah. and from the rest of the week and everything was just I'd spent everything I had mm-hmm. and uh, I got actually kinda sick and I'm like, I gotta go home. So my dad walked me home and I slept from like five in the afternoon until the next morning. Yeah. But uh, But uh, 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 those—that's you know the sacrifice you make for something that you love doing. I I loved producing that parade, and 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 it was just—I mean—it was so much fun just um, being a part of that um, Charlotte tradition of that tradition at um, WPTV because they broadcast the parade since the '40s. Having a crew of people. Who were working the camaraderie of, of yeah, crews it's and just, that crazy atmosphere is yeah, pretty it's, amazing. It, um yeah. it's so much fun. So that that's you know, but those are the sacrifices that you make when you're yeah. when you're super passionate about something. So when you're super passionate about comedy, um there are there are things that you do you know maybe the last thing you know, you want to do on a night is do an open mic at a tattoo shop. It absolutely is that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that
1: specifically, yes, but that's the gig. That's what the gig is. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, you can never, you know, it's that it, it's still a race. It's still you know, like, a, you know, Joel will always tell you it's, it's not a team sport. You're, you're, but I'm still always competing and competing against myself. Competing. Mm-hmm. I want to work harder. I'm, I'm watching uh, Hard Knocks, right? Cleveland Browns are on there. I I need to be working harder than the other guy. Yeah. I'm we're fighting for the same gigs, mm-hmm. so as much time as I can put on stage, I need to be doing it. I and this is the other thing that I get. You know, I, I'm still very much a young comic in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you get people come out of the class and you, you see them out and stuff, and they're always asking, you know how much time you put into it. And we've talked a little bit about it. It's like, there are people I know who work 40 plus hours a week in jobs that they hate. Yeah. How can we possibly imagine not spending at least 40 hours a week on a job that we love yeah. and a passion that we have? Yeah. How much time should you put in? You tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I am I I feel like I'm pretty close to putting that 40 hours a week ahead. It's gotta be more. Uh, but you know, that's, that's the passion projects. That's, that's what I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think you put in enough time or the correct amount of time. And this is different from person to person, but the, the, you know, amount of time that you put in that allows you to keep doing that thing. Yeah. You know, and whether it's preparing for that, you know, six minutes or 15 minutes or 45 minutes on stage, or it's it's writing, or, or it's you know it's um it's doing a podcast, or it's just making contacts and talking to people, or whatever. You look at a guy like Dusty Slay, right? Yeah.
1: So Dusty Slay, I you know knew him here. He did the fight nights and things. When I was first getting involved, he was here doing those, and he lives in Nashville now. He just did Jimmy Fallon on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Just on Jimmy. Ask him how many hours he's put in to get himself to the yeah. position to do that. And, and,
0: Didn't he do Kimmel about a month ago? Yeah. And yeah. He, 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 is, he is skyrocketing. He's, yeah. yeah awesome. He's blowing yeah. up.
1: And by the way, he's doing that from Nashville. Yeah. He's yeah. Not in New York. Right. And he's not in L.A. Yeah. So for everybody out there who's rushing to go to these places, there's other ways to do it. The
0: world's a little different
1: now. Yeah. And uh, anyway.
0: Yeah. So that, that, uh, the bottom line, kids, is if if you got a dream, and you have a passion, and something that you like doing. There's nothing stopping you from yeah. doing it. Do it. You just gotta be willing to
1: put the work in. That's right. And and abandon your family and friends. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and everything you hold dear. And everything you hold dear. <laughs> if you like things, do something else. <laughs> uh, Jason, thanks, man. It's been a blast. It was I fun love coming hanging right? out with you, man. Yeah. yeah. we're, we're going to we got to do this more often. We sh- we really do. Let's yeah. do it. Let's bring
1: everybody down. Is there anybody else who's passed away that we can talk about or maybe someone who's just ill?
0: Um Oh, I'm sure there's somebody.
1: There's got to be somebody. Got to be someone who's just down on their luck that yeah. we can talk about.
0: <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us uh, We appreciate Bob Saget Like we mentioned at the Comedy Zone uh, This weekend Two shows Friday night Two shows Saturday night Orny Adams next week Funny on the Fly Coming up n- not this Sunday But next Sunday Queen City Comedy Experience Is coming up as well Everything in the breaks You know how to get a hold of us Thanks for tuning in Thanks again Jason Thank appreciate you very it. much